TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. First speaker. He kicked us off last year. He is an inspiration to us all. He is one of the co-founders of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Summit. He is one of the wellness guys. He also co-hosts another fabulous podcast called Inside the Champion's Mind. Here today to officially kick off the Wellness Summit with an injection of inspiration and focus. Would you give a massive round of applause for Dr. Lawrence Tab? Thank you, MP. Marcus Pierce, everybody. He's my co-host for the um, Champions Mind, Inside the Champions Mind, so thank you very much. Let's give him a round of applause again. <laughs> Guys, I'm, it's, we're sitting back there, and I was talking to uh, Kim and Damien. We're just looking in the back of the room. It just amazes me how many people are here today. Just, you know, to, to have a sellout crowd, we barely have any seats left, and people are still struggling coming through. It's amazing to repeat this a second time. So how many of you were here last year? Just raise your hands. Okay. So how many of you were the first timers? Fantastic. Look around. That's great. Congratulations. Give a round of applause. That's cool. And how many of you will never raise their hand no matter what I say anyways? Yeah, okay, there you go. There's a couple. Good, good. Just to check up on you. So one of the key things um, that I think, you know, either you're a first timer or you were here last year, a couple of key things that brings an event like this brings all of you together is that you don't want to just be an event. This is, we called it the Wellness Summit for a reason. The summit is something we aim for. This picture was taken in New Zealand uh, in Mount Cook, and uh, that's the statue of uh, Sir Edmund Hillary looking over Mount Cook. And that's the mountain that he practiced on. That's the mountain that he... Um, that he trained for, for his climb to Everest. And think of this as your training ground. You know, as every speaker comes up, one speaker at a time, it's like the training ground for the summit that you're going to climb. And the reason why we call it a summit is because it's what we all strive for, right? Isn't it? It's not an easy journey, right? It's not supposed to be easy. It can be easy, but it's also, there's also challenges in front of us every single day. You know, whether it be from the media, from our friends, our family, there's always going to be challenges that come through. And so I'm going to teach you, I'm going to start by starting the summit. I thought the best talk that I can give is to kind of help you kind of really prepare for the climb. Because you're going to hear for two days, let's help you prepare for it. Is that cool? What we don't want is that we're going to feel, a lot of you guys are in, in here or the people outside here, they feel overwhelmed. With so much information, like, who do I listen to? Right? There's so much media, there's so much, like, there's, you know, Dr. Google, and there's, you know, Wikipedia, there's so many things that you can listen to, and one person says this, and another person says this. And then, like, I don't know, who should I listen to? What's the best information? What, how does it affect me? And the thing is, is that also, too, at the same time, feeling overwhelmed, you don't want to be left behind. Right? The train's moving so fast, this world is moving such a fast-paced world, it's like, I don't want to be left behind. But you don't know how to act because you're overwhelmed, so you kind of stay still, and then the train's leaving, and it's like, oh, what do I do? 
And then what ends up happening is that you just become the same person as you are tomorrow as you are today. And you're the same person you are 10 years from now as you are today. And nothing changes. And then you live in regret thinking, man, I should have done something about this 10 years ago, five years ago, or yesterday. What I hope for you guys for the next two days is that you have clarity, a clear path of exactly where you want to go, a clear path of exactly this is my journey, this is where I'm going to head for, and I know exactly what to do. At the same time, I want it to be so fast that you have so much impact and momentum behind you that the information and the things that you're going to get from today and tomorrow that's going to move you and propel you to where you want to go. Your dreams, your life, your destiny. And I, what I really hope for you is that you take the first step. You start climbing. I don't care how high that mountain is. I don't care how challenging that mountain is. You're going to go and do it. You're going to start climbing. This event could be just like another cupcake experience. This beautiful cupcake that Alicia got for me this morning looks pretty delicious. And we've all experienced this in our life. There's always moments in time where we kind of look at something and go, it's so good. I could just like bite it and eat it. Right? And there's that temptation of wanting it. But what I want to, I'm not going to talk about food. I'm not going to talk about how good or bad this is. But I want you to know that this two days could be just a cupcake where you take a bite of it and you enjoy it, and you eat the whole thing, and you go, that was yum. Then five minutes later, you kind of go, damn it, I shouldn't have eaten that. (laughs) How many felt that way before? Okay, good. Because what I don't want for you is that you spend two days with us and go, yeah, that was great, it was fantastic, it was really good enjoying it, every single moment of it, and then you leave and you go, go back to your own regular lives, and then you go, that was great. But nothing happened. No change, no transformation, nothing. I don't want that for you. That's not why I'm here. Does this make sense? Okay, that's not why you're here. So commit to yourself. Commit to yourself that this is going to be different. This is not just the same seminar or another event that I went to where you take a whole bunch of notes, you get excited, you dance around for a little bit, get the endorphins going. Sunday afternoon, you met Pete Evans going, oh, God. I met Pete Evans. And you bring the notes back. You sit down on your couch, turn on the TV, and you put the couch, your notes down. And sits on your desk. Monday goes by, Tuesday, a week goes by, and you start to clean the house and go, oh, yeah, those are notes from the Wellness Summit. If you're a guy, your wife probably told you you should move that now. So then you take that and you file it in, a, you know, in your bookshelf somewhere. And then four years later, when you move house, and you're trying to clean that up and go, oh yeah, that was a great two days. That's not what I want for you. Are we, are we okay with that? All right, good. So we're going to climb the summit. There's five key principles that I want to show you. Okay, five, that's it. Five climbing principles. Number one, in any climb, I I was uh, in New Zealand, this is going back probably seven years ago, and I was in, 
I think it was Lake Rotorua. It's, it's just in the mountain that I had to, I had to do this two-day event hiking up in the mountains, and I hate mountains. <laughs> it's just, I, can't, I can't stand hiking. But I remember showing up that day, and uh, I'm like, you know, Karen Smith. Karen, are you in here? Yeah, Karen Smith, you know, she probably packed like two bags, and she probably went, you know, had all her outfits planned for just to these two days, you know? And it's, that's the thing. When you go camping, I, didn't, I, didn't camp, I don't camp. I'm not Brett, right? So I'm not a caveman type of style. I just, it's, so went out to this camping trip, and I brought a whole bunch of stuff that I thought I needed. And then when you show up at base camp, they go, okay, I have my bags packed already. Go, I'm like, I feel pretty comfortable. I'm like, that's pretty heavy, but I can do this. They go, okay, here's all the pots and pans. Here's all the food that you have to carry, blah, 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 and lay down. We're going to have to spread it amongst the team. I'm like, crap. I don't have any room in my bag. So then what do you have to do? You have to take your bag off. You have to remove all the stuff that is non-essential because you need food, right? You need to eat. You need to bring those pots and pans. You need to bring that sleeping bag. So therefore, you know, the pillow goes out. <laughs> Didn't have a pillow. But you know what I mean. You got to go pack lightly. You can't just pack a whole bunch of stuff in your backpack when you go camping. You guys just got to pack the essential. So when you're going to go climb a summit, guess what happens? There's 15 hours of just pure information just dumped at you. Right? When Cindy O'Mara gets on stage, she's going to give you so much information, you're just going to go, oh my God, Joe is just going to just give you a whole bunch of information on cooking and food. And Damien, the same thing. Brett's going to give you a whole bunch of information on exercise. All this information is going to hit you, and you're going to go, blah, blah, blah. you're going to write all these notes down and go, I need to know this, I need to do this, I need to do this, and trust me, you will never do it. Okay? What I'm suggesting to you, each one of you are different. The person on your left and the person on your right needs something completely different than you. Don't copy each other's notes. These notes are for you. Pack lightly, which means that you only need the information that you need to make the change for yourself. Okay? Not the person's next to you. You just need what you need. Even if you got one thing, wouldn't you agree, if you got one thing that can change your life, that's good enough? Like it just allows you to change and this whole week and everything else is a bonus. Right? One thing. Don't try to get everything. Just take one thing, one idea, and go, that's the idea, bam. I'm going to go with that. So pack accordingly. We got that? Good. Second idea that I have is that if you're going to go, remember that picture that had like the clarity with the, with the road? If you want clarity in your path and your dreams and, your, and the outcome that you want to be, you have a vision for yourself. You have a vision of how healthy you want to be. You have a vision for not just for yourself, but your family and for your kids and your grandkids. You know that vision? Right. Well, in order, it's great to have a vision, but you've got to have to be mentally prepared. You've got to get in the game. This is a game of life. Or you've got to get in the ring and realize that I've got to do some things today. I'm going to have to take some action. I would say have an open mind, but my good friend, I was doing a podcast the other day with him, and, and he just enlightened me on something. He said, don't have an open mind. That's ridiculous. I thought, okay, I'm listening. Because if you have an open mind, it just absorbs everybody else's information, just keeps it open, right? He goes, no, have an active mind. I go, ding, got my thing. Active mind. Active mind means that you get all this information, you filter it, and say, is that true? Is this right? Does it work for me? That's an active mind. Be self-critical. Does that make sense? That's the mental preparation you've got to have have to have. 
But guess what? When you start climbing that mountain and you decide that, hey, you're in, you're, you're in base camp at Everest and you look up that mountain, it's a challenge. For some of you, it's a bigger mountain than you expected. But you take the first step anyways, and you take the first step, and you take the second step, and, and you keep on going. Guess what happens every time you go towards something you want? There's challenges. There's a freaking gap that sits, you know, stands in your way that you have to jump across. Right? Or your backpack is too heavy. Or you didn't bring enough food. Or you didn't bring enough oxygen. Whatever it is. Does this make sense? There's going to be challenges. Trust me, putting a, an event like this with 600 people in a room, right? there's going to be some challenges. It might look perfect from the outside, but on the inside, there's, you know, it, lots of things have to happen. A lot of right people have to be in the right places doing the right things to make, make it work. Does it make sense? So you've got to keep on getting up. That's the mental attitude you've got to know. You've got to prepare right here before you even take on that journey that you're going to need to continue in this path and stick to it. About a month and a half before I was born, March 23, 1975, Muhammad Ali fought... Gen- um, I can't remember his name now. <laughs> it's terrible. See? Things, are, things you planned that doesn't come out right. Whipner is his name. This is the fight in, uh, in Ohio. March 23, 1975. Muhammad Ali was the world champion of the time. Whipner was this guy who was, a, he was an okay boxer. This wasn't like a, you know, a top, big bout or anything. He, ex- he was expected to lose. This guy goes, every time Muhammad Ali tries to knock him down, he stands up, just keeps on going. Muhammad Ali just keeps pounding him for, for round after round, expecting him to knock him out in the first round. But he keeps on, he didn't get knocked down. He just kept on knocking the ropes and comes back up. 15 rounds this guy went. 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali. With just about a minute and a half, he, Muhammad Ali finally gets one, two, and he sees him down, one, two, and he finally knocks him down in the 15th round. He was just a minute away to just making it all the way to the end with Muhammad Ali, the best in the world. He was admired just to stand up for 15 rounds with Ali. There's this kid, this young man in Philadelphia, sitting there watching his television, watching this fight. He was so inspired. This is an actor. He wasn't well-known at all, but he wanted to be an actor. And so what does he do? Inspired by this, this whole fight, he goes, boom, gets on his table and starts writing. 24 hours later, he wrote a screenplay. So he takes the screenplay. He had $106 in his bank account and starts pitching it and go, you got to buy the screenplay. Gets rejection after rejection after rejection. Then finally, one guy says, all right, we'll give you some money for this. We'll give you a hundred grand for the movie. He goes, hundred grand. This guy had one hundred six dollars in his bank account. Remember? He goes, no. He goes back. One hundred six dollars. He's running out of money, right? 
So he has his dog. He goes to the local grocery store, stands there, and just asks everybody who comes out, he goes, do you want to buy my dog? Do you want to buy my dog? And some guy finally comes up and says, yeah, I'll buy your dog. Here's 50 bucks. So this guy lost his dog. But he's out there, he believes in this script, and he just keeps on going. And what does he do? Finally, he goes back to the guy who said, oh, here, I'll give you 100 grand. I go, what I didn't tell you was, he rejected the 100 grand was because I had this idea. It's a great script. I think you wrote a great script here. It's fantastic. I'm thinking Burt Reynolds playing the part. It's going to be fantastic. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm Rocky. The script was Rocky, Sylvester Stallone. He goes, no, I'm Rocky. He goes, no, you can't play. You're, not, you're nobody. I'm thinking Robert Redford, Burt Reynolds. This is 1975. They're the stars. I'll give you 200 grand. He goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm Rocky. It goes up to about 400 grand. He rejects it. Then the, the guy just said, fine. I'm going to give you 25 grand and you get the star in it. He goes, done. So he sold the script for $25,000, gets a studio. They were willing to put $2 million on the movie. And then they found out that this guy, this unknown Sylvester Stallone, is going to play in this movie. And they go, no way. You got a mill, max. Anything you go over budget, you're responsible. The budget was 1.1 mil. Sylvester Stallone plays in the movie, obviously, as you know. Wins an Academy Award in 1976. With that $25,000 he got, by the way, he stood back, he went back to that grocery store and waited until he saw that guy with his dog for three days. And finally, on the third day, this guy shows up with dogs. I want my dog back. I'll give you 150 bucks. He goes, no. This goes on negotiating. He gets $15,000 plus a part in the movie. <laughs> the dog is actually in the movie, and so is this guy. But he won an Academy Award because he stuck to his guns. He believed in himself. He believed in what he did. He believed, and he had this mental preparation and knew that this is his life. This is his journey, and no matter how many rejections he got, no matter how, how little money that he had, he kept on going and pushing through. And I think at the Academy Awards, he actually, I was only about one year old, so I can't remember, um, but I think he actually talked about all the rejections. He, he basically went through, that was his acceptance speech. All the people who said no. So how are you mentally prepared? How, how are you willing to stand up for yourself and your dreams and your goals? What are you able to knock down and just continue pushing forward? to keep on going towards that dream that you have up here. It's your dream. It's your goal, your life. The third point I want to make is that there's decisions that you have to make. Once you decide and you're mentally prepared and you're ready to step forward, you have to decide that you have to go towards that summit. And there's going to be decisions that you either go left or right. When you're climbing a mountain, there's going to be decisions, do I go down this path or do I go down this path? And so, definitely don't stand there. <laughs>
See, one of the key things that I think is that if you look yourself in the mirror every day, I think it's important that you recognize that who you are today, when you're standing in front of the mirror looking at yourself, you're made up of all the decisions that you've made before that point. Good or bad, it's not judged. There's no judgment. But I think you need to realize and recognize that whoever you are today is big because of all the little decisions you've made, the small ones and the big ones, good ones or bad ones. There shouldn't be any judgment. It's just a decision, right? Because if you decided something that was, you know, think that was a bad decision, if you did the other way, I'm sure something bad would happen there too because every decision always has a pro and a con. You just only see the, the worst part in you, never see what, what good it gave you. We need to look at that. And don't judge it. You are who you are. You can't go back and change those decisions, can you? Unless someone has a time machine that I don't know, right? Those decisions are either made by you or made for you when you were younger, by your parents, your friends, you know, at, when, at an early age. You can't change those. But what you can do, though, is that if you want there, there's decisions to be made from now here on in. And so the future you now is made up of all the decisions that you've ever made in the past up to this point of who you are, plus all the future decisions you're going to make from here on in. Whether you choose to listen to me now or tune off, whether you decide to you know, come up to the speaker and say, hey, my name is, I need help in... Or decide that I'm going to write some notes, but I'm going to actually act on this today for the first time. Does that make sense? You are a collection of all decisions, and you will be the collection of all the decisions you ever made in your life and the decisions that you're going to continue to make every single day. And some of them are small. What am I going to wear today? Right? That's a decision. That's small. What career path should I choose? That's a bigger decision. Should I move? But you make Thousands of decisions every single day. But my point is, is that if you don't make a decision, that in itself is a decision. Inaction, doing nothing, is a decision. If you choose to do nothing with this information or the next two days, it is a decision to not do something. So it's important that you recognize that there's decisions for you to continue to make and you need to do it. The faster you make decisions, the faster movement you have. Otherwise, you stay still. Nothing changes. Don't watch the world go by while you stay here because you can't choose. That's why I said the first thing I said was pack accordingly Remember, pack lightly. It's because you have, if you have 12 choices in front of you, chances are you're not going to make a choice. But if you have three, it's a lot easier. Does this make sense? So don't give yourself so many options. Ladies, when you go in your wardrobe, closet, your shoes, your clothes, you kind of go, oh, what am I going to wear today? And you stand there for like five minutes. Does this make sense? Not criticizing, it's just the fact. Right? Brett, it's easy. He doesn't wear shoes, so he just walks out. (laughs) 
So decisions, they're always around you and make the right ones. And when I'm saying the right ones, it means that just make a decision, okay? Fourth thing I want to tell you. When you're climbing Everest, you don't do it alone. You got to do it with someone. They're called Sherpas. Sherpas are like the local people who are able to help you carry the heavy load. They take some of the weight and burden, but they're also the guide. They're the ones who know the track. They're the ones who know which path should you take, and they know the weather patterns. They understand the climate change, the things that happen quickly, and the decisions that you have to make. So I ask you, in terms of your health, and your, you know, in terms of your wellness for your family and for yourself, who's your Sherpa? Who's your guide in going through this minefield? Because if you don't have one, I would suggest you get one. You know, I hang out, you know, when we started today, we had like 10, no, nine speakers up here, right? They're like my Sherpas. I definitely don't claim to be any health and wellness guru. Why? It's because I have them to be the gurus for me. Does this make sense? I don't have to know it all. That's the point. I don't have to know it all because I know who to call if I needed help with something. They're on like speed dial. Make sense? I'm fortunate that way. But you can also formulate the right people as well. Right? Everything's for free. I remember um, one of the comments was uh, on social media was, you know, I can't believe, you know, why is this event um, so expensive? You know, it should be free. I'm like, podcasting, we do nine podcast shows every single week. It's free. Like, it's available to you if you want it. We have the information. We get together here because we're surrounding ourselves right now with like-minded people. Look around you. Look to your left. Look to your right. Those are your friends. Those are the people who are here for the same reason as you are. We wanted to form a community. Because in podcasting, I'm just talking to two other buddies. I have no idea who's listening. We're just chatting. Right now, I get to interact. I see who's listening, who's falling asleep, and all that stuff. Who needs coffee, right? Who needs a chocolate fix? But I get to interaction. I want to see that. I want to feel that. I want to know that, hey, you know, we are making a difference. Does this make sense? And so you got to surround yourself with a good group of people. And that's why you have name tags, right? So you don't be just a stranger, just a number. You actually have a name and say, hey, my name is... You never know who you're going to meet in these events. I've met the best friends at these events. I met Damien at a seminar. I met Brett at a seminar. All my best friends I've ever met was at a seminar of some sort. Why? Because you're already self-selected. You're self-selected to be here. You're like-minded people. Guess what? You have something in common. If you didn't care about health, you wouldn't be here. Right? My second point on this is that please don't be the smartest person in your group. I'm the dumbest person in the group. I don't want to be the smartest person. I want to be the dumbest person in the group because I want to learn from them. That's how I get elevated to their level. Does this make sense? If I'm the smartest, then I just become a mentor. That's okay in a mentoring group, but that's not my mastermind group. That's not my group that I go for help for in business or in life or in health. So who's the people around you? Like, think about this. If you, you know, there was a famous saying by many different people, 
They said that you know, your five closest friends, think about your five closest friends, and you take the average of their, either their income or their health, that's pretty much the average of you. I found that's a pretty good point. Scary at the same time, but it's kind of true. Because you typically hang around with the same types of people. And sometimes, as hard as it may be, you have to cut ties. Sometimes it's family members. It doesn't mean you don't love them, just don't communicate with them as much. Does that make sense? You know those energy vampires in families? Like, you love them, okay? You just don't hang out with them. Make sense? You gotta, like, you guys, when you go home, how many are you gonna go home and go, and they're gonna go, like, did you go to that crazy retreat thingy or crazy group <laughs> meeting that you had for two days? What are you gonna eat now, kale? <laughs> what are you gonna cook for dinner tonight? Who's going home to that? <laughs> right, it's rejection. You know what, I see that, I just go, I'm on the right path, right? Because that's the universe telling me I'm on the right direction. Because that now means that those objections are in front of me so that I can overcome those, right? Or you can see them as challenges and you, rejection, and then you can kind of go back to where you were. Trust me, when you go back, life is going to be different. You're going to have your normal routines and your life, and you know, everything's going to be right there for you. It's your decision whether to want to slot it back in there, or you decide to kind of go, let's sidetrack that just a little bit. Okay? Don't try to change everybody in your family. That doesn't work. Trust me, it doesn't work. Don't change your family, okay? Just be a model. Be the person that you want them to be. For kids, okay, kids, that's a different story, right? I try to tell my kids. I do my best on kids, but at the end of the day, I know whether they choose to listen to me now at their age, they're going to follow and they're going to understand and they're going to model me over those years. So you got to be the model. you got to be the role model for your kids and your grandkids. Don't tell them to stop eating this when you're eating the same thing. Don't tell them not to smoke if you're smoking. Oh, don't drink that. Don't drink alcohol, but you're drinking a beer at night. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying don't drink. I'm just saying like, do th- be congruent with whatever message you're saying. Make sure that it's the same message that's in your head and what you're doing, and to make sure that that voice and the things that you say is actually the same as what you're doing. Be congruent with yourself. Because people see right through you. Your kids, especially, they'll see right through you. Okay? So surround yourself with really amazing friends. So what I'm going to get you to do right now, I'm going to get you to think of three people that you can kind of tap into their resources or tap into their mind to help you guide you through this channel. Luke, LJ, Can we have a song just for like 30 seconds? Any song. Okay, three people, right? Think of right now, three people that you can kind of go, yep, these are three people I can kind of think of that I can go into and then then think of, uh, to to kind of tap their knowledge in terms of health. Do it now, 30 seconds. Put the money in my hand right now. Set up a motor, we need more seats. We just sold out all the floor seats. Take me on a trip, I'd like to go someday. Take me to New York, I'd love to see LA. Ten seconds. All right, good. So, 
Did you decide to do it or did you just sit there and just watch me for 10, 30 seconds? See, how you participate here is going to how you participate out there. How you dance in here is the way you are going to dance out there. Make sense? I get some of you are not going to want to dance or move around. But hey, you were friends. No one's going to see you. Maybe just live a little and be different. I don't know. Maybe that's the first change you need to have. So when Kath gets up here and, and, and show you some moves, maybe it's just to kind of go, maybe you, sir, with a the scarf there, maybe you should want to do that, right? Maybe just shake a little bit. I don't know. Break out of your zone. That's how you change, right? That's how you transform. Because I think change is so important. Growth is so important. I've, never told, I've told this story once on stage. It's only the second time I've ever told this story. And this goes back to Christmas Day on 2007. So the backstory is my mother-in-law and my father-in-law moved from Canada to decide to live in Australia with us after years of convincing them to come over. My father-in-law has been working all his life and, you know, working in, in and out of companies. He's a fixer. So he worked for General Electric, uh, General Motors uh, in the car industry, you know, goes into a plant, and he's the general manager, and he basically has to fix, turn things around of a dying company to kind of make them profitable again. He's usually there for about two years because that's what it takes to get in there, fix everything, and then he... He usually gets let go and move to another company. So he traveled a lot. So after he retired, after, you know, getting jobs after jobs after two or three years, it just, I said, why don't you just come over? Australia's beautiful. You know, it's got beautiful lifestyle. You got us here. Why don't you come over? So they did. They decided to make the big move. November, so six weeks before this, uh, on Christmas Day, came over and, um, and, you know, lived with us for a little while. It was great, you know, going to the beach, Christmas Day, like Christmas Day in Canada for me, it's, you know, snow, cold, fire, fire. Here in Australia, you go to the beach, right? So we had, you know, breakfast in the morning, you know, bre- you know traditional Australian, you know, breakfast and, and breakfast on the barbie. And it was a very special day because it was the first day we announced to our family, both my family, my parents were there too as well, it's that, you know, we were having our first, our first child. And so it was a very special day. We announced it, and everybody was happy, obviously. And so then we went down to the beach. This is in Mandari in WA, and we walked down to the beach and had fun. And so like every family, we just, you know, had the dog there, and, you know, they go out in the ocean. And um, I just remember just thought, you know, this is a special moment with both my parents, my parents here, my wife's parents there. You know, I took this, I took this picture. And so that's Trevor on the left and Pauline on the right. And they're just about to go into the water. Snapped the shot, put the camera down, and I was playing with the dog uh, running on the beach, Briar. And um, next thing I hear was my wife shouting, Lawrence, help! So I quickly turned around, and my wife was freaking out. Trevor was in the water. I ran over there. He, you can tell he was just like almost like sort of like this, 
holding on to something. I wasn't really sure, but he was falling into the water. And the way his face was, I just thought he had a stroke. That's the first instant I thought, because I didn't see what happened. Because his body was just going, one side of his body was just kind of like this, and he basically just kind of went into the water on the shore. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't very far from the shore, but he's a big man. And me, not so much. So my wife is, you know, similar, very slim build. We rushed out there, and he's basically lying face down in the water. The waves weren't that big, but, you know, the waves were coming in. They're rolling waves. And you got a big man, not big, like he's just a heavy set man, in the water, and he's dead weight. He couldn't speak. His eyes were there. And the water was just coming over him, and he's just swallowing water. His mouth is open. My wife and I are like just trying to, like I used to be a lifeguard, but it's like there's nothing I can do right now. Possible spinal, maybe, but there's really nothing I can do other than drag him out of the water, right? Otherwise, he's going to drown anyways. Even if I had him in the restaurant, he's going to drown. So my wife literally just grabbed hold of his arms, one on each side, and just pulled him. Got him out to at least the shore. That took a huge amount of effort. Got down there and just started checking for breathing. He wasn't breathing. So you just go in there and go, just go ahead, let's go. I haven't done CPR, AR ever live. I've only done it in training. And probably when I was in uni, which was like 10 years ago. And so then I'm doing, you know, resuscitation. Checked his pulse, no pulse. So then you go in there and just doing the pumps. But it's a weird feeling when you're in there in that situation. Remember we talk about decisions? There's no decisions to make anymore, right? There's only one decision. You save this man's life. And everything, your training, your things, all the resources start kicking in. I remember this whole feeling of doing resuscitation and just doing CPR. I felt like I was actually in, out there looking at myself. It was weird because I always wasn't in my, in my body, that type of experience, because I was just doing it. Like it was just like action. And my wife was kicking into action, doing whatever she needed to do to clear the space, call for help, anybody to help. We were a bit far from the beach, so we tried to get as many people across to help us. Five minutes go by, seven minutes go by. Call the ambulance. Obviously, we're on a beach. It's Christmas Day. So finally, some guys come and help. I was getting pretty tired. He's vomiting in my mouth. Got him to breathe again for a little while, and then he stopped again. So we just kept on going through this back and forth, in and out. We breathe, have a heartbeat, fantastic, roll him over to the side, semi-prone position. Still doesn't happen. Then all of a sudden you check the pulse again, and he's gone. Just goes in and out the whole time. I got tired. Someone said, let me help. He gets in there, but he's vomiting because he swallows so much water. It's just into your mouth. And after about two minutes, that guy just couldn't handle it anymore. I don't get that. So I said, no, don't worry about it. Like, let me go in there and just go and do it. Because why? It's my father-in-law. You do whatever it takes. We do our best. What I'm saying to you is that your whole life is ahead of you. You can't change the past, 
but you can't change the future. You can shape this future that you decide to do, but it's made up of the decision you decide to take right now. Choices. It's all in front of us every single day. He lived his whole entire life not really happy, not really enjoying his life. His whole entire life. And his one break he got was to come to Australia. Finally, he was at peace. Six weeks. That day he became a quadriplegic. So he lived for the next two and a half years in a hospital, not being able to move. At that point, his choices were limited, right? When you can't move, you rely on everybody else. All of you have way more options than you think right now. So many choices in front of you. So many decisions you can make. But we're either too scared or too fearful or just refuse to do it because it's just too hard. That is too hard. But he chose to live. He lived for two and a half years fighting the hope that something would come along. We got experts coming in, flying from wherever, trying to get him better. No matter what it took. He eventually passed away of cancer because obviously his body wasn't connected anymore to his brain, so his body just kind of just went out of control. The amount of drugs, the amount of stuff that he had to put into him just wasn't helping. but you have so much choice in front of you. So many options. Don't waste it. You have a choice today to kind of go all in. Everything. Health, your health is your duty. Your obligation and your responsibility and no one else's. It's not my responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's your duty, your health, your option, your obligation to be healthy. Your body is designed for health. It strives to be healthy every single second. It's what we do to it, the stresses we put on it, mentally, chemically, emotionally and physically that cause it to kind of go off track. But at the end of the day, it's your duty, your obligation, and your responsibility to commit to yourself for the rest of your life that this is the life you were given, so do something with it. Do something amazing Don't be mediocre. Be better. Why? Because the world needs you. 
The world needs to hear your voice, your genius, whatever's inside of you. They need it. Whatever service, product, ideas, role model, I don't care what it is. They want you. They need you. I want to see it. That's your art. You're all artists in some way. You all have a gift in some way. Whatever form, doesn't matter. Show it. Display it. Let us hear it. The world needs you. You just don't know it yet. Be the Sylvester Stallone. Be the person that just believes in yourself so much no matter what anybody says to you. Keep going. Keep pushing. Your duty, your obligation, and your responsibility. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.